your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Welcome everybody to this episode of Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. My name is Leisha, the executive producer of APN. That's like the last time I'm ever going to say that. Oh my God. But why exactly is that the reason? You'll find out soon, dear listeners. But first, I need to go to the first three songs that we played just now on our show. Firstly, we played the song titled Hold the Girl, which comes from the one and only Rina Sawayama. This comes from her album also titled Hold the girl and then moving on from that we then played the song titled forever one which is the 2022 comeback track from girls generation and then lastly we then played the song titled celebrate which is the japanese single to come out of the korean female group twice and this week on this episode we are kind of celebrating morning However you want to feel about it because we are actually on our final episode of Asia Pop Nation for 2022. I know, it's a bit of a shocker. And this week is extra special because we're actually in the Sin studio. Oh my god, it is a bit of a shocker. So this week, you're not only joining myself, Lisha, but our APN team of Xenia, Aaron, Tracy, Jesse, Alishba, and Ethan. And this week, we not only have one last interview, and dare I say, the best for last, with the one and only MXM tune, but we're also going to be having heaps of conversations about the Sin Awards that happened last Tuesday. We're also going to be talking about some of our favorite music, shows, and films so get hyped about that we also have other stuff like my birthday which is very hard for me to expose myself like that but we of course have so much more that we definitely cannot wait for you guys to listen so definitely stay tuned right here on asian pop nation but first we've got some more amazing songs that we want to play for you starting first with the song titled flower which comes from the taiwanese female artist a Lin, and be sure to stay tuned right here on Asian Pop Nation. Hey, this is Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. If you're just tuning in right now, we just played three songs, which all happen to come from Asian female artists. I freaking love that so much. Firstly, we played the song titled Flower, which comes from the Taiwanese female artist A Lin. And fun fact, she happens to be a singer that is of indigenous Taiwanese heritage. And she is part of the Amish people. And secondly, we then played the song titled Sad Girl, which comes from the one and only Vera Born. She is our local homegrown artist here in Australia. She is Filipino-Australian. And definitely check out her album. It's 11 out of 10. And lastly, we then played the song titled Like a Star. And this comes from the Taiwanese female artist Lala Shu. And this song in particular comes from her album titled Ke. And I guess in the sea of Asian female artists that we have been playing just now, it was a lot. I think we played like six in total before we came to our very first segment here on APN. And it is definitely a very nice lead way into our final interview of the year. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. And I can't believe I'm going to be saying these next words as our final interview is with the one and only MXM Tune. Oh my gosh, if you are not familiar with this artist, you are going to learn so much more about her amazing artistry, her latest album Rising, as well as some stories here and there about her tour here in Australia, and just so much more. You are absolutely going to fall in love with her. So in the meantime, let's put our hands together for the one and only MXM Tune. Hey everybody, this is Nisha and Alishba right here from Asian Pop Nation. 
And oh my goodness, right now we are joined by an incredibly special guest who I definitely cannot lie is very well loved among our APN team and also very well loved in, in, in my heart as well. Don't look at my Spotify rap. But right now we are joined by the one and only indie pop singer-songwriter Maya aka MXM Tune. Hi! Hey. Oh my god! <laughs> Hello! How are you going? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to sit and talk with you both. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. yeah. We've discussed this prior that we we're like, this is just going to feel like we're in like a Discord call or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So yes. it's the most <laughs> utmost chill, calm, casual vibes that you probably <laughs> would ever hear on radio and podcast for. Yeah, Sophie's so surreal that you're like sitting right in front of me. <laughs> But just in my bedroom. Yeah, in my school, clearly this interview is more important than my studies. Oh my God. Okay, so welcome to Asian Pop Nation. I mean, I'm sure that we, me and Lisha are very super familiar with you. But for our, some of the listeners who don't really already know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So my artist name is MXM Tune, but I also go by Maya, which is a little bit easier to pronounce and say. Um, But I'm a 22-year-old queer Asian artist from Oakland, California, and I currently live in Brooklyn, New York. So that's kind of the little brief summary. Yeah. (laughs) Firstly, of course, we got to talk about all things music related. And I want to talk about your super duper, highly anticipated second studio <laughs> album called Rising. Thank which you. Which was released early this year. Congratulations on the Thank release, you. by the way. <laughs> Not to revise anything. I, I know Kaleidoscope was a bonus track <laughs> from the Deluxe, but that is like my favorite oh, song. So much. Yeah, fun. I love it so much. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> yes, listeners, if you haven't listened to this album yet, what are you doing? Listen to Rising like right now. but. After, of course, our first question that we wanted to ask, which I guess, what does this album Rising mean to you personally? Yeah, so it was like a long process to kind of work on it, but it was also faster than I expected it to be. I think it was a big question going into making the album, figuring out like, what is the story that I'm going to be telling and what kind of style do I want to use? Because I started in a very acoustic realm with my early music of just playing my ukulele and singing with my voice. And I recorded all of it in my bedroom and I still do that process. But it was interesting to be able to make a record that was focused primarily on what I eventually decided to be on making a bunch of songs that my six-year-old self would really like to hear when I like first discovered music for the first Mm -hmm. time and was dancing around with my Hello Kitty radio on full blast um, in my little bedroom. So for me, I think it was just like, it was really exciting to want to make an album that could speak to that side of myself and figure out what that meant. But yeah, it was like my first time making like really full-fledged pop songs, um, Mm. which was a really interesting challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, when I took a listen to like the Rising album, I definitely see it as like a very strong like evolution in your discography. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, you mentioned again, you went more like the acoustic rap prior. Again, your ukulele, everyone knows like prom dress, <laughs> of course. But like, again, I think the genre that a lot of people, I'm sure you heard many times, is like bedroom pop. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people who like recognize their name in the past, they kind of see it as like almost like the poster child of that genre <laughs> at one point. And I guess, again, you discuss how like this album Rising is, you're delving much more into having a more very well-refined like 
do you still feel like you identify with that genre or has this album kind of made you realize like maybe this is a great foundation and like obviously big part of um, your popularity and stuff like that but maybe it's time to like shift into other like sounds and stuff I think it definitely like pushed me to want to try something different and I I do identify with the bedroom pop label still I think really heavily just because I like the accessibility of that genre and how it allows for other people to envision making music in their lives and thinking about how you don't need to be in a studio and have a production assistant or whatever it is helping you make songs in order to make music like you can just record on your phone and like literally before I started talking to you guys I was playing on my ukulele sitting in my bed trying to write a song and recording it on my phone like there's so little kind of steps that you have to take which I really love about bedroom pop specifically but I think it was fun to to take a more kind of intricate approach that I didn't get to start with when I first mm. started, started making music it's more of like you know testing the waters on that front and thinking okay I've done both sides of doing the lowest production value possible and then also doing the most production value I could ever do and so kind of figuring out where do I want to be if if it's on one side or the other mm. or if I want to find a middle ground moving on with the next music that I'm going to be working on mm-hmm and then I guess alongside with that question, I'm like very curious with your future works and after releasing Rising, do you feel like you're going to be exploring more in like that middle ground that you mentioned? Or do you feel like after that album, you're like, hmm, maybe I want to explore more of like <laughs> one of the other, like kind of what's the vibe? I'm like still figuring that out. But I think mm. that I realized that I like really want to figure out how I can bring what I've learned from working on Rising and doing the more built out production that I got to like experience for the first time and then also the intimacy that I think was able to be born out of just having it be me in the writing spaces and just having it me be be me and my ukulele like I think that that's a really special like vibe I guess to have on the music and there's a way that I want to be able to bridge those two worlds into whatever project and songs I end up working on um, that I think I'm now able to verbalize and figure out now that I've had the experience of two polar opposite worlds um so yeah I hope I can find a middle ground I don't know what that sounds like yet but I will figure it out <laughs> yeah I mean earlier you said that when you were writing rising it was like you telling a story to your like, younger self and mm -hmm. I feel like that's why I can when I was listening to it I was like I can resonate to this I mean I can <laughs> relate to it if you ask me to pick a favorite song it would be so hard for me but I want to ask you if you were to choose like one song and like recommend one song what it would be and like why? Oh, that is a tough question. I think, oh, it changes like all the time because I listen to it back sometimes and I'm like, oh, I really like this song. I can't believe I wrote that and I released that. That's so cool. And then there's other ones where I'm like, wow, I can't believe I released that and wrote that. That's interesting. Like it just, they go in waves. I think that my favorite one right now that I would recommend to new listeners would probably be, oh my gosh. I think Mona Lisa is one of my favorite songs off that record. And I feel like it, uh, it's for you too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a really good introduction to kind of the evolution that happens on that record. Um, and it was the first single that we released off of the whole entire album, which I think was intentional. Um, and it remains one of my favorites still, even after the process of putting the whole thing out. <laughs> Same. I love Mona Lisa. <laughs> so good. Thank you. <laughs> I also wanted to like, I was very curious about this that what really influences like your music is it mostly your like life experience or is it just you just see and you get influence I think it's actually like 
weirdly enough, things that I haven't experienced are the things that inspire me. Like I, I think I'm starting to write more from experience now that I am 22 and I've lived a little bit more life than I previously have lived. But it's so funny because I listened back to the songs that I wrote when I was like 17 and they're all about these like things that I've actually never done before, like falling in love or like dating somebody or kissing someone. I'm like, uh, girl, you have never lived that life experience before. Why are you writing a song about that? And now I'm like <laughs> writing music manif- for the first time. Manifesting. Yeah, right? manifesting. I was manifesting it at that point. But I think it's so funny. Like, I think it it was interesting to start from a place where I was writing off of not knowing. And there was kind of a freedom in the obliviousness that I was like mm. experiencing and walking in. And now I'm like, I know things I've lived enough life to be like, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't have written a song about that or like that experience isn't what I thought it was going to be. So there's a little bit more knowledge and like learned experience that goes into lyrics that I write. So I think I'm like transitioning between not knowing to the knowing and then also finding again that middle ground of like, okay, how do I balance realism with the optimism and all the things that I used to write about and what I hope to write about in the future? Mm -hmm. And I definitely feel like, again, the rising album, like, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if you give yourself, yourself enough credit. I feel like that album already, like, perfectly encompasses what you're saying you're trying to get at the moment. Oh, thank like, you. <laughs> it is, like, such a nice middle ground, again, with, like, what you mentioned, like, realism, but also, like, haha, life, life's good, guys. Like, I promise. <laughs> I swear, life, life can be pretty good. But also... I tried. I had to manifest again. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a particular question in terms of, one of these songs in the album plus another EP that you released in the past, I feel like these two it can kind of like meld together in a question. So one of your songs in Rising, which is called Frown, actually comes attached with like a partnership with the webtoon Brass and Sass. And yes. of course, you also have an entire EP called True Colors. And that EP was for the video game Black and Strange True Colors, which, yes, I did play through that entire game because <laughs> I saw that you were the singing voice for Alice Chen and I was like, Heck yeah, I'm downloading it ASAP. But I was just wondering, like, what is it like creating, like, music that in turn becomes, like, a part of these other, like, media forms, like webtoons and video games, for example? It's so cool because I think Mm. first and foremost, like, I'm a nerd. Like, I just love other forms of content. I love video games. I've been playing the Life is Strange games for as long Mm. as I can remember. I've been reading webtoons for as long as I can remember. Like, to make music that can end up in the spaces that I haven't even dared to, like, dream about occupying, I think is so special and so affirming for me as somebody who never felt like my presence and my identity was welcomed in those places. And I think like to be in Life is Strange and to like help out with a character that is pushing the boundaries and putting new identities in spaces like Life is Strange, as much as I love it, was a historically very white story. And so to have a game that can have someone who is not only representative of my identity, but so many other people Mm -hmm. and open that door for more people. And to be part of that is just like, oh my God, how cool. Like to be a part of such evident change, I think is really, really cool. And to make songs that can be like a part of the soundtrack. I don't know. I sometimes I, you know, I don't give myself enough credit, but to be able to do that sort of stuff, like I got to give myself a little pat on the back and be like, no, that's, that's pretty cool. So I'm very happy with it. And so thankful that other people have given me the opportunities to keep doing that. Um, like with brass and sass or like with life is strange. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Especially with what you say about like life is strange and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think I like 
also share like the same emotions as well when playing um uh, life is strange true colors specifically because i was like yeah alex yeah <laughs> bisexual asian queen yes. <laughs> yeah, i'll get i will get it in romance stuff but anyway. <laughs> only people play the game know what what the hell i just said <laughs> but, but yeah oh my gosh and then i guess you mentioned very lightly that you are a quote-unquote nerd <laughs> so i was just very curious if there were like any sort of like maybe like games or maybe like i don't know film movies books that you've been very like into lately oh my gosh like everything i mean lately it's been a lot of overwatch 2 because yeah. it's like <laughs> the new release that people are playing and i was a huge overwatch fan for the first game so i'm like Damn. really stoked that people are playing it again <laughs> so i'm just happy that my queue time is not like 20 minutes just to play a single game yeah um, no. i love <laughs> movies like i obsessed uh with watching i like have a monthly pass to my movie theater that's near me and i go like at least once a week it's a little embarrassing how often i'm there like they recognize me now which is not <laughs> something i'm entirely proud of but something i do a lot um i've been reading a lot i've started reading crying in h mart which is a book yeah. that i've been wanting to read for a long time it's written by the lead singer in japanese breakfast which is really cool yeah i don't know i just i think outside of music like it's been a big challenge for me in the last year or so to figure out what my interests are now that my hobby is my job so I've mm. got to find some new hobbies that don't just exist around music so it's been <laughs> that's been my task yeah <laughs> gosh and I guess as someone who also plays Overwatch 2 I'm, I'm also on the hype train <laughs> hey let's go let's go we discussed this a little bit off air but I wanted to <laughs> sneakily ask who do you main at the moment <laughs> Oh, right now I'm trying to learn Baptiste a little bit better because he, I think, is one of the best healers. Although, mm. like, I play Mercy when I'm trying to relax, but I have the most hours on Lucio and Moira. But I am a plat support player. So I'm like, kind of decent. I gotta say, yeah. I gotta give myself some credit. I'm kind of yeah, decent at the game. God. Yeah. No, and support, <laughs> so I'm like, support players, we need more of them. I know, right? Come on. Come on, man. I'm like, I, I the the character I have the most hours for right now is Zenyatta. And he's like Whoa. the only support I play. But I'm like, that that's impressive, though, because Zen mains like you guys carry the team and people don't give you enough credit for it. You discord those enemy players. They're gone. They're done. They're done. So <laughs> but yeah, I feel like guys give support <laughs> players more <laughs> please, reps please. in general. Please. You'll never know if you're playing with me or my <laughs> and then we're just gonna be like yeah you guys are not coming to me when you heals and you are not getting an endorsement butter. from me you will not be getting an endorsement if you do yeah. not respect support players please exactly <laughs> that's the word of content of <laughs> endorsed by mxn <laughs> <laughs> of the video game so i don't really understand any of that but I'm very excited. I was really excited to know that you're like doing for brass and stuff because I started reading it recently and then I was just so like I heard the song and I was like, it suited so well. It's such Yay! a good song. I just I'm so love glad. But recently you did your tour, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> your first time coming to Australia. So how was how was it? Do you like it? Oh my God, I loved it. I don't know what my expectations were, but they were just like, were blown out of the water. Like we went to Melbourne first, actually. That was the first city we played in. And I was so insanely jet lagged. I don't know how I managed to get through that day, but I was just blown away. Like, I think it feels, I was, for some reason, I think I was expecting it to feel a little bit similar to like New York City or like where I grew up in California. 
but it felt really different still. The coffee was amazing. The food was amazing. All the people were really nice. Like I, I did the classic meet a koala. Like I just did like all the touristy stuff too. Like I think it was, it was also one of the first times where I've been on tour and I've gotten enough off days to like really experience the cities that I'm going to. And I was so thankful that I got to do that in Australia because you guys are just, it's a crazy country. It's so amazing to be able to go and visit. Like I want to go back so badly. I don't know when I'll be able to, but I hope I can. And all the shows were so fun too. So nothing but positive things really. Yeah. We will be waiting for you. Amazing. I hope so. <laughs> was there anything that in the tour that you think, oh my God, I, this was the most memorable thing that ever happened to me. Oh my gosh. In the Australia dates specifically, I think when we played in Sydney, I had a cold that day. And so I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm going to play a show. And also it was pouring rain. I think it was like in recent record, like one of the highest rainfalls recorded in like recent years. And I was like, great, this is fantastic that I'm playing a show on the day that it, the rain will not stop. And the venue that we were playing in was literally leaking. Like they had like garbage bins around the venue to like capture all the rainwater. And on stage, there was like little buckets and everything too, like getting all the drippings. And I was like, oh, I cannot believe I'm playing a show tonight. And like the venue's literally leaking. Like what if it floods? And Sydney brought like the most energy I've ever seen in a crowd before. I had the time of my life. I was also on a lot of cough medicine. So I was just like flying during the show. Um, but it was so much fun. And I think like, I think for me, it's such a touring can be really grueling. And so to have these moments where I can like be so excited to play these shows and feel a connection with the audience on that level is so special. So yeah, I don't know. I think that was one of my favorite shows that I've ever played like in my life. And so I'm just excited to like, hopefully have more experiences like that, even when the venue is maybe going to drown itself. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about that, I'm like, wow, maybe, you know, it might be a bit of ambiance, you know, the time that you go on YouTube and you're just like, I'm in tune, but literally I was like, I was like, it's, the there's ASMR happening in this venue right now. People are getting this waterfall backdrop to everything that I will be singing. Exactly. <laughs> it's like no other show. One, <laughs> but one show only you get in tune, ambiance, brain attention. <laughs> And then something, oh my God, this could be slightly random out of like the whole like talking about your tour and music mm -hmm. because something that I actually really enjoy content wise that you put up is your Instagram and TikTok videos that you post, <laughs> like your little like mini like almost cooking series thing. Oh, thank you. Adorable. I freaking love it. And your cat. <laughs> Big fan, big fan. When can we interview? <laughs> oh my God, she's got lots to say. I'm sure she would love to speak to you both. <laughs> big fan. But one thing I wanted to question you on is the video that you did about your 12 artists on your Spotify rap. My, I have questions. <laughs> yes. We need to get into it. Before addressing the elephant in the room with that <laughs> one, I wanted to ask, I guess, because you, your top five minus the one elephant <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which we'll get to we'll get to um i freaking the artists that you have there are like peak chef's kiss love them to bits <laughs> and i was very curious about like what songs did you really like from those artists in your top five Ooh. so i think in my top five i had rina sawayama was my number one most listened to artist of oh, all of 2022 yeah. obsessed mm -hmm. with her i think she's incredible and i think it was Oh no, Lizzo's About Time <laughs> was my number one song, probably along with a lot of other people in the world. Yeah. I love Lizzo too. She's like one of my favorite artists. I find her really inspiring. I just think her presence is like incredible. 
Um, but I think my top five songs were like Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers, Excess by Rina Sawayama, This Hell by Rina Sawayama. Um, I'm trying to remember what the fifth one was. I can't. Oh, I think it was Maggie Rogers, um, one of her songs. But I think like generally. So I love all those songs. But the fourth most listened to artist that I had for in the entirety of 2022, I scribbled out on any photo that I showed yeah. of it because embarrassingly. It was myself. I cannot. I think I've been on my own Spotify raft for like three years now. And it's not something I'm very proud of. But I, <laughs> I mean, like, it's kind of like some self-love, some self-appreciation. Please. It's it's when I release music that I usually end up listening to it on streaming platforms. So I like will listen to it on Spotify and be like, how does it flow? But then I'll listen to like figure out what that sounds like over and over and over again. So much so that I eventually end up on my own Spotify <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you know i love myself i guess along with all those other amazing women that i mentioned yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh and i mean it's like yeah but it's just it's research guys it's just for research it's just research purposes yes <laughs> <laughs> and then oh my gosh i love how you mentioned the fourth one because now we're i'm gonna jump to your fifth one <laughs> maya tell me yes. why it's number five the glee cost <laughs> I do not have a good answer for you. I think that I went through my glee phase again this year. Like I, Um. they put it on Disney plus or whatever. And I've just been watching it in the background of everything I do. And like, I have loved glee. I was a watch. I was a viewer when it was airing for the first time. And I've been watching like YouTube videos about it. I've been watching clips about it. I think that it's one of my favorite shows and the music is amazing. Like, come on, the Glee cast can really sing. They knew what they were doing. So I listened to the like the show versions of like the songs that I love or whatever. And I have a lot of playlists dedicated to Glee songs. So I went through a phase with my friends where we were all listening to it too. And I think it just, the phase lasted a little too long and that's why they ended up in my top five <laughs> yeah and now you just like you must just exclaim that you're like unapologetically yes I do like I just Glee. have to be proud of it I can't hide it anymore <laughs> you're like, yeah maybe I do listen to the smooth criminal cover a bit too many so good <laughs> and watch the video again it's like it's like everyone says it's like by panic that music video of like oh my gosh <laughs> oh my god my favorite is Santana and Britney's Spears cover yes against the music yes oh my god it's so yeah. good that whole episode is amazing so so good <laughs> yeah like Oh my gosh, killing me. Like, <laughs> all day. I'm sorry. Yeah, we at APN here, we're endorsed. All the Glee fans, you're safe here. <laughs> this is a Gleek safe space. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> okay, let's move into, I think, a question that for, at least for our show here, because we're based in like Melbourne, Australia, we kind of tend to hear a lot of like stories about how like, especially like Asian rep in the music industry or like the media industry in general in the U.S. is kind of like growing and growing or like at an all-time high type of situation Mm -hmm. from our end. It's just like, that's what we tend to hear. And then when I interview other like local Asian artists here in Melbourne or like across Australia, it's a growth for sure, but it's definitely, I think, not in the same level and same rate, nor does it unfortunately have the same level of appreciation as it does in like the U.S. at the moment and Mm -hmm. I was just wondering from your perspective as like an artist how do you see the music scene heading at the moment for POC artists like yourself 
I definitely feel like obviously things have gotten better. There's mm-hmm. so many more voices that are now present. I mean, Rina Sawayama, who's been in the music industry for a long, long time at this mm. point, like she blew up so much this year. She's my top most listened to artist. Like, I think there are these incredible voices that are finding their way, especially within the Asian community to the top of like the pop charts or whatever it is. But I think there is also something to be said, like there is still a very disproportionate number of Asian voices that are occupying those spaces. And so, you know, I didn't see myself represented the four years ago when I started making music, but I can find myself represented now. But that's not to say that everyone is finding themselves represented. Like I'm a very small, one of many identities under the rainbow of Asian identity that can exist, that hopefully can eventually have somebody that can represent who they are and their culture and everything that they stand for within the music industry or pop music or whatever it may be. So I definitely think we're making strides, but I think there's always something that we can do to make it better. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we're headed in the right direction, but there's a lot of work that we got to do along the way. You look at it and you can be proud of how far you've come, but you just got to like roll up your sleeves and get ready for how much further you've got to push it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's like a statement that I've heard like online before. Every person of color must think about how like, I guess if you're somebody who uh, benefits from the hierarchy and stuff like that, you know, cis, white, male, you have struggles and stuff. It's like, yes, you have a hurdle to go through. But if you are someone from a like minority group and stuff like that, it's like those hurdles become like tenfold. It's yes. just like so much more barriers to big ground. And it's just like, yep, roll up the mm-hmm. sleeves. We did one, but there's yep. still like 20 billion more. We <laughs> exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And I mean, do you feel like we're heading in like a like a great positive upwards and upwards? I think like it's definitely trending in like a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I recognize the privilege that I hold within my own identity too, being someone who's half Chinese and half white. Like I mm-hmm. carry a certain amount of white privilege that comes with my identity. Um, and I hope to have more spaces where, you know, people who encompass larger pieces of Asian identity or different cultures that I might not be familiar with can feel like they can exist in these spaces. I mean, we look at the music industry, I think specifically in the last year, there are a lot of Asian artists that are popular. We've got Olivia Rodrigo or Conan Gray or Mitski. And there's all these people that can talk about their identity. It's wonderful to see them represented and to be so successful in where they are. But, you know, I don't see people like Rina Sawayama that often in someone who encompasses like not not to say that it's any more or any less, but like a fully Asian identity and kind of making songs about her queerness too, or like whatever it may be. I just think that there are people, I think that, you know, benefit from a certain amount of white privilege, myself included, and there should be more space made for people who might not have access to these same tools or same privilege or whatever it may be to come up in these spaces and be, have their voices be heard. So I think we're headed in the right direction, but obviously like years of racism can't be like undone in the night. And I, I think we're headed in the right space and having, you know, you guys hold these conversations and make these room for people to like talk about this stuff is part of the journey and part of the process. And so we're doing the right thing. It's just going to take a long time, but it's going to, it's going to take a lot of work from a lot of people, but I think we're, I think we'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that was such like a beautiful, eloquent (laughs) way to like, like sum up, I guess, the whole like journey and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, that's something like I can really like resonate with. It's just like, it's great, we're getting there, but there's definitely still like a lot more work to done. And obviously, yeah, it is the latest, but you just raised it in such like a (laughs) 11 out of 10. (laughs) I tried. (laughs) 
give me a participation award. No, I'm giving you a gold star. Thank you. Lishba, take it away with the hopefully okay. the next few questions. <laughs> As you know, 2020 is going to finish. It's really coming to an end. I feel like it it went really fast. Mm-hmm. But are you kind of a person who makes like resolutions and stuff or? I was actually like sitting last night trying to think of resolutions. I'm not normally somebody who does do that. I think for me, the new year has never meant a lot. I I celebrated Chinese New Year mostly growing up. And for me, that meant like cleaning the house and getting my hair cut. And I didn't really know that like the American New Year was something that was super important. But I think I've been trying to think about more goal setting. For me, it's always been really difficult to dream about things because I feel like I'm very easily deterred by all of the factors that will work against me in the process of trying to get something that I would really like to have. But I think there is an importance to like dreaming and being able to like allow yourself the space to think about the stuff that you really want to achieve in your life. And, you know, it gives you motivation to keep going. And I think for me, that's a tool that I'm really trying to build for myself, but it's not something that I've always had. So I'm trying. I think next year in 2023, I'm going to, my goal, ironically enough, is to set more goals for myself. So I've got to like, I got to work on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. And is there anything in 2020 that you think was very great, any achievement or anything that you think was very memorable? 2022. Oh my gosh, you're fine. I didn't even notice. No, I was like, I was like thinking, I was like, wait a minute. Don't bring me me back back to 2020. I think if I was proud of anything in 2022, it would probably be the touring. Like for me, I never expected to have the opportunity to to go overseas and play shows, especially not to go to Australia and play shows. And that was a really big moment for me. I think when I landed and I touched down in Melbourne, of just being like, oh my God, I'm literally on the opposite side of the world, like in a dim- different hemisphere. Everyone has a different accent than me. Like this is crazy. I cannot believe that I'm here. And it was really... I don't know. It doesn't often hit me, I think, at the level because I spend so much time online and looking at like a number on my screen. It's hard to make that kind of connection that those are real people at the end of the day. And I can think about that as much as I want to, but it doesn't hit me as hard as being in a different country entirely after flying 22 hours to get there and standing there and being like, oh my God, mom, I've made it. And I think that was something that I I was really, really proud of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel like Again, once again, this whole thing, I'm like, you need to hold yourself more. Like, <laughs> that tour, you essentially went like across the globe. Like, let's yeah, that's this. crazy. That was wild. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was like, damn, I wanted to get your tickets so bad for the Melbourne one. But from a, like somebody the on the other side on the computer trying to buy a ticket, the demand for you was crazy. Those tickets oh my gosh. I was like not expecting anybody to buy a ticket. I was like, two people could show up to the show or zero people could show up to the show. I have no idea. But all I know is I'm hopping on a plane and I'm going over there and I'm going <laughs> to sing regardless of how many people are in that room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Again, from the other end, the demand the, the for your show. <laughs> crazy. I was like, well, MXM2. <laughs> I'm flattered. But they, and, now, and now I'm in the full circle. So I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe I win in something. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, I guess before we close off this very fun little interview we've had with you, I wanted to just ask like a nice cute short question of just what's coming up next for you and just kind of like what's your hopes for the future almost? Oh, so right now I am getting kind of like the first 
months of my last four years where I've been able to like carve out time for myself personally, mm. which is so exciting. I am hopefully going to do some personal travel next year so that way I can go and have those experiences that I had in Australia, but like enjoy them for myself, which Yo. is so exciting. Um, I've been working really hard since I was 17 years old. And so I'm 22 Ooh. now and I finally get a little bit of a break. And so for me, what's next for me is sleep, is learning how to cook better, maybe learning how to drive. I've been putting that off for a really long time. Same. Um, <laughs> don't know I'm when that will happen, but maybe I'll, I'll do it. I'm the same age as you. And I'm like, that car? Go I have no bus. idea. Um, but I don't know. I think like what's next for me is really open-ended. And that's one of the times, it was one of the first times that it's been like that for me in a really long time. And that's super oh. exciting. So hopefully that'll give me the space to come in with new energy and writing music and focusing mm -hmm. on a project after this that I can make even better than rising somehow um so hopefully you know more shows more music is always going to be on the horizon i don't know when that will be but mm -hmm. i promise you it will be on the way at some point yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in the meantime <laughs> hopefully you have a fantastic break oh my gosh Thank like you it's so <laughs> for you to just live life and again you mentioned like essentially a lot of your like like not childhood necessarily like food mm. and like growing yeah. up is spent like on the grind making yes <laughs> so it is fantastic that now you're like uh now rest <laughs> i've been married to the game for a while i gotta take a break for a second <laughs> <laughs> like, totally understand that and again you have a fantastic <laughs> break and thank you oh my gosh thank you so much for joining us here on asian pop nation maya i it's seriously very surreal that we're here. And fun fact, this is our final interview of the year as well. So it's like, there is a best for last. <gasps> well, thank you so much for having me. Seriously, this was such a pleasure. You both are lovely. It was so nice to talk with you and get to nerd out about things we like. So thank you for having <laughs> me. This was um, really great. <laughs> of course. And for some of our listeners who maybe this is now their exposure to the world of MXM tune, <laughs> where can our listeners find you? They can find me literally anywhere online. I'm always with the username MXMTOON, MXM tune. I'm there. I'm on the internet way too much. I use it like any other person, chronically. <laughs> um, so if you want to look for me, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my gosh but thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me guys thank you <laughs> Hey everybody, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. If you're just tuning into our show right now, we just played three incredible tracks on our show. Starting first with the song titled Mona Lisa, which comes from the artist MXM Tune, who we've had the pleasure of interviewing earlier in our show. If you want to tune into that, of course, check back on our Asian Pop Nation podcast. We then secondly played the song titled What You Are Thinking, which comes from the Korean-Canadian artist Luna Lee. And then lastly, we then played a new Christmas track to come out of Grant Perez with his song titled When Christmas Comes Again. And fun fact, actually, all three of the artists that I mentioned just now, we've had the pleasure of doing interviews for them. So if you want to tune in to all of those interviews, just check back on our Asian Foundation podcast. You can find them literally anywhere and everywhere you stream your podcast. And I guess speaking about interviews and our show, Asian Pop Nation, something actually really special happened last week. 
last Tuesday specifically on December 6th as the Sin Awards happened. Oh my gosh. And for some of our listeners here who may not really know what that entails, it is essentially an award show that occurs at the end of the year where all of these Sin volunteers come together and just celebrate all of the incredible content that has come out throughout the year. And this year, our show was actually nominated for three awards. We were nominated for Best Individual Presenter of the Year. We were also nominated for Best Interview as well as Best Arts or Comedy Segment. And right now, we want to uh, show you some real-life audio footage of when we were at the Cine Awards and you get to find out who actually won and if we actually did an APN sweep. So let's cut to the audio right now. We're at the Cine Awards. It's very loud. Music's playing. But we are here with Ethan, Leisha, and Jesse. And tell us what we're nominated for tonight. Yes, so we're nominated for Best Interview, courtesy of Celeste and Xenia, who's also right here, lol. And then we're also nominated for Best Arts or Comedy Segment or Feature. And that was with our collaboration with Latin Queer last year. And I feel very awkward saying this, but we're also nominated for Best Individual Presenter of the Year. And that's me. So, yeah. so do you think you'll win, Leisha? No. <laughs> How about for the other segments or awards? Do you think we'll win any of them? I think we'll win all of them. Wow, okay. We won the APN sweep. Okay. We mentioned this off air many times, but we want like a parasite situation to occur. Asian rep, we just take over. We win every award that we weren't even nominated for. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> All right, we'll see how it goes. The best individual uh, presenter award goes to Lisha Lina. Oh! Watch out for the bag. By the way, for our listeners, they had like certificates for the winner and this small trophy that had a disco ball on it with your name. So which was very cool. I am so glad that my like show member got it because it looks so cool. Thank you. Thank you. I still, I'm very awkward when it comes to actually uh, thinking about how I want it. I don't know. Best individual presenter. Let's move on to an award which I feel like very, very well deserved on the other hand, and it is the best interview. And the winner for best interview is Celeste Chan. <gasps> How did you feel, Xenia? I know since Celeste is unfortunately sin dead, you are our main rep when it comes to that interview that you did with Ash Warrior. But how did you feel winning that award? I mean, uh, I'm also social media uh, co-lead at Sin and because we're social media uh, managers, we have to post and bow right, yeah. the <laughs> night while it was live, and we got all of the winners' names beforehand. So it wasn't a surprise. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a great night, and I enjoyed getting my own little disco ball, even though my name was Valra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's not let's go into the nitty-gritty about that, but oh my gosh. Yeah, those are our main two awards officially that we won. And just a round of applause for us here at APN. Oh my gosh, I love silent clapping because we're trying to be very cautious of, of sound volume. We do have a couple of unofficial wins as well that I want to pause over to Ethan to publicly admit to the world what we won unofficially. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So for the for the award show, we actually had a concept in terms of what we what our dress code was supposed to be. And so for the 2022 awards, the dress code was for teen idols. So you were supposed to dress up as your teen idol. Part of that also involves a best dressed, where you can nominate um, and vote on who you think was the best dressed. There are a lot of amazing outfits. Um, and then there was ours. <laughs> um, how, how do we explain this? Right, so... We were our, very unserious about it. Yes, and our <laughs> beloved EP thought it would be amazing to support our community <laughs> members. Alicia, do you want to explain the nominations that you put down? Okay, so for Best Dress Individual, I did put JP, who's not here, but he's one of our um, well-loved team members, as Best Dress Individual because he essentially dressed up as Jackie Chan, but hold your horses because it's like the least impressive attire. I think Ethan mentioned that he looks like a baggage handler at an airport. (laughs) (laughs) When did I say that? And I just said he looked like a house burglar, like, let's be honest. But he ended up winning because we all fast voted for him. And it was kind of funny because there were actually some people that were really close to winning. And then here comes JP walking off the stage, doing a live, like, kick in front of the crowd. And it's like Jackie Chan cosplay, quote unquote. But yeah, he slayed it. I don't know. He kind of killed it. Um, and then lastly, we also had a best dress group. Um, I randomly just put in uh, Celeste, Ethan, and Jesse because they were collectively just joking around that they were just dressing up as like a very generic K-pop group. And I nominated three of them collectively in that category. And you guys won! <laughs> Keep in mind, we were not matching. There were no like... It was not... In unison, there was no like mutual concept. It was just like outfits that we wore. <laughs> yeah, and you guys won though! Yeah! Yeah, I don't think anyone else nominated themselves for that. Yeah, so we won by one nomination. No competition. By a humble one. Oh my god, I I love Sin. 11 out of 10, amazing, thank you. Yeah, it was a good event. It was an actually uh, really well-organized event, um, and we had a lot of fun. So thank you, Sin, uh, for letting us come to your awards night. And I can't wait to make some more 11 out of 10 content, of course, here for Sin. But Xenia, what do we have coming up next music-wise? Well, 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 uh, it is Suck in Action and their song Shoku, because we were in absolute shock when JP won for his really interesting <laughs> version of Jackie Chan. Shoku, everyone! Hello, hello, hello! This is Asian Pop Nation's bonus show. You just heard... Need to pray, don't worry. Before that was Kiono Yasuno's Seiki no Shukusai. And the first song you heard was Sakana Action's Shoku. Because, shock and horror, we're going to be also recapping something that Ethan's going to say. <laughs> Thanks for that segue. Um, <laughs> that was not sarcastic, sorry. Anyway. Um, yeah, wonderful. So, 2022, we've had a lot of great movies and TV shows some of which were Asian, actually, um, which is awesome. So there were a lot of content that we talked about this year, you know, movies like Everything Everywhere, um, Turning Red, Attorney Wu, um, and also Wednesday Adams. Yes, Asian. <laughs> anyway, so we just wanted to go around in a circle, I guess, and just talk about something that we thought was pretty awesome, something that we thought was, you know, um, worth talking about on the air, just like what were the highlights. Um, yeah, so Aaron, do you have a recommendation? What was the best thing you saw in 2022? I haven't seen a lot besides the film festival I went to, like Japanese film festival, but the only thing that got my interest for film-wise, I want to say Blue Thermal. That's 
again, that's probably the most recent one for me anyway. This came out last week for the Japanese Film Festival. But what was it about? It's basically like um, this high school student like was fascinated about this um, that accidentally destroys a plane accidentally by breaking a wind by accident, and now she's involved with this uh, flight. Sc- now she's involved with this flight club in Japan, I mean, flight and flight school club, and it's going to do like gliding stuff and competitions. And yeah, this, it's an interesting movie, and yeah, that's basically it. Really, it's interesting. And that's it. Like I have watched, I have really not have watched a lot of movies, but one of the movie I watched was Special Cargo. So it's like it's, the movie is about this whole girl who's from North Korean, and she basically her job is to like deliver people so that they can run outside the country and stuff like that through like ships and stuff. So one time she gets this special delivery to deliver this kid and his dad so that they can like escape from all the depths they have and all the shark loans. But the dad dies. And the kid has to like travel alone with her, and I just love how the kid has a very interesting role. And overall, it makes the movie a bit more cute and funny. And I think just he has a very good character, and he just makes the movie very good. And it has a lot of good car scenes, and it's just a bit of action, and it's very good. What's a good car scene? Car flying. Flying. <laughs> Wait, car flying. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. I think we definitely want to check that movie out. Yeah, I, I actually recommend that movie. <laughs> what about you, Ethan? Number two. <laughs> yeah, no, because um, that that conversation about the car flipping reminds me of a movie that I watched early in the year. Um, it's actually an Indian film. I think it's Telugu. I don't know how you say that. Um, it sounds familiar. Yeah, it's called RRR. Um, oh, by I know. Director, yeah, yeah, by director about, yeah. SS Rajamouli. Um, so it's a. How do I explain the movie? The movie is set in post. It's in colonial India, where um, the British have come over and taken over the country. Um, and you kind of follow two historical revolutionaries in India as they kind of go on their own journeys um, to kind of fight back against the British government. Um, it's actually a lot more epic than I would have made it out to be because it's not a biopic. It's actually um, historical fiction. Um, and it's just a very hyper-realist, hyper-maximalist action. Um, it's got plenty of epic action sequences that, like, we've never seen before. And it's it's very... It's just... It's a lot. Um, and it's definitely worth watching. I think, Aaron, you said you've seen it. I th- is that the one with, like, the tiger in that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely know what you're talking about. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to spoil too many of the action scenes, but there are five... Okay, so at the very start, they have to do a disclaimer where they talk about, like, oh, these were all, you know, CGI. None of the animals were hurt in this. And so they start listing all the animals that they've got in the movie, and they've got, like, oxen, they've got snakes, they've oh. got tigers, they've got all these... It, it goes... It's amazing. It is such a good movie. And honestly, it's... If it wasn't for Everything Everywhere, it would probably have been my favorite movie of the year. Um, yeah. I thought that movie was... Meh. Really? The Everywhere one. That's oh, it. okay. One. Yeah, Fair one. enough. I won't fight you on that one, but like... <laughs> it was, like, I saw it, like, in friends' house. Like, it was available on streaming services, so I watched it, and everyone else was, weren't stopped talking about it, so we watched it, and mm. I just, like, sat down, t- sat down on the couch, I was like, is that it? Is that <laughs> it? A, it's a good thing we have the mic and not the other people yeah. in this room. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone else is very upset about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's about it. Does anyone have any more movies and TVs to recommend? I think we really need to talk about everything everywhere all at once, oh, like no. a positive review of it. I think oh, it's no. very different if you see it in the cinema with people all around you just like gasping at all the action scenes. Um, I went to see it at three, three times, once at IMAX, uh, twice at like different cinemas in the city. And it was a different experience each time because the crowd was different. If you mm. see it on different days, they laugh at different scenes. Um, and I don't know, it was just like, it's sort of a, like it feels like someone screaming in your face for three hours. So I could understand why you don't, why it won't be the best uh, might be not might not be your thing, Aaron, but it's like I understand why you know it's become such a phenomenon. I think this year, Zenia, do you have anything to add? I just want to know why you think it's meh. <laughs> <laughs> because if anything, it's the opposite of 
like, you know, I can understand if you think it's like bad or something, but if it's meh, it ha- literally has everything you could, like nothing screams more movie than everything everywhere all at once. It has so much that you don't even understand how they could possibly have thought of something so outrageous. So wh- why, why meh? It sounds like it was underwhelming. It was not what you expected at all. No, it's just the fact that everyone was praising it and stuff like that. And I, like, I always, like, every time I go to a movie, I keep my expectation, like, to, like, medium level, not maybe low, with a few exceptions that actually went a bit over beyond this section. Then I went to watch the movie with a friend's house, and then when I stopped talking, I was like, okay, if they like this movie, maybe I might like it as well. Then I watched it, sat on the couch, I'm just like, this is not fun. This is, <laughs> this is not fun. Okay, I think in defense of Aaron, it is actually, like, I, I do kind of agree that sometimes hype will ruin yeah. something. Because when we watched it, we watched it very early. Mm before the hype really set off. Yeah. I also don't think it's as funny as it thinks it is sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I, find um, like, yeah. I think some of the jokes go for a little too long. Exactly. But it is a very good movie. It is still a 5 out of 5. But, like, I, I can kind of see what he's coming from. I agree. It's like, I'll, give it some, I'll give it some praise for it. The acting is actually really good, and especially, like, how it's original as well. I'll give credits for that. But if we say, like, I don't know, blah, what's the white race in it? Like, dragging out, like you said, like some scenes to drag out too much, and some scenes are just, like, questionable at times. I just find it meh. Also, The Roundup was a good movie. That's all I'm going to say. Which one? The Roundup. That was a good movie. Which one's The Roundup? It's a Korean film that has a guy from Doctor Strange. That's all I'm going to say. And a story. Yeah. Well, that's it from us. Uh, let us know what your favourite Asian thing was in 2022. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie! Uh, yeah, you know, movies, TV shows. Our next song is by Naxal and Kadejo. Um, sincerely yours. Um, followed by... You don't need to follow the You don't need to follow the rest. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna try this, okay? I'm just gonna try this. <laughs> okay, it works! It works! Okay, welcome back to Asia Pop Nation, guys. You just listened to Sincerely Yours by uh, Nokusala and Kaijo? Kaijo. Kaijo, thank you. Hola by uh, Chalmako and Gana Nika by Ako Gorilla. Yeah, I'm not going to say any name, so I deeply apologize for this anyway. But anyhow, I'd like to do a special shout-out to one of the people here. Uh, she's a currently EP right now, and right now she's sitting right in front of me, and her name is Laisha. So Hi, Aaron. Why hi. are we talking about me? Why are you shouting me out? I feel very called out. Uh, right relax, now. relax. I'm not doing anything bad, so I promise you. <laughs> but I'm not going to do anything, but I'm just going to say this. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday to Oh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Leisha. Happy birthday to you. Hip hip. Hooray! Hooray! Oh my god, thanks y'all. That's probably the first time we've ever sang like happy birthday and there wasn't like a bajillion lagging sounds happening at the same time. That was a bit surreal, but thanks, y'all. Yes, the time has come after many months of running APN and doing everybody's B-Day. The last one, it's my B-Day. Oh, God, it's the one I've been dreading the most. Um, and I was the one who set up this whole birthday thing in the first place. So, great job, Lucia. Karma, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, my birthday is coming up and it is as part of our last show of the year as well. So yeah, happy birthday to me. Oh God. I'm very awkward when it comes to my birthday time. I cannot lie. Even this year, I still have no idea what exactly I want to do. I am turning 23. Um, but I do know I have these three songs that I do want to share with you guys. These songs that I picked 
Not gonna lie, I initially just wanted to put like Red Velvet and Monster X songs and call it a day because those two artists are like my favorite of favorites. But I thought, let's challenge myself a little bit. Let's pick songs that either come from artists that mean a little something to me that I want to story with you guys or just, I just like these songs. Yeah. But let's go with my first pick. I picked the song I'm So Curious, which comes from the Korean male artist Jonghyun. He used to be a member of Shiny. And this song in particular comes from his album Poet Artist. And I wanted to pick this song well, firstly, I'm pretty bad with describing songs on its own, but I just really like his vocals in this song specifically. In the chorus part, he has a very like nice breathiness to it almost, but it's just very like soothing to me. And it's very catchy. I freaking love this song so much. And I cannot lie, when my birthday time does roll around, I do tend to think about this artist a lot due to his passing. It does stretch very nearly to my own birthday and he is an artist I really respect a lot and yeah and I wish more people would highlight more of his artistry I guess and I hope by just putting this song out if this is like your first time hearing about this artist it gives you a little bit of a I don't know a window into his discography and all of the incredible music that he's put out while he was around on this earth and yeah the second song I picked is 24 Hours, which is by the Malaysian artist Yuna. This is actually a new recent song that came out this year. It was part of her Y5 album. It was like a whole project she did throughout the year. This is my favorite song out of the whole project. Um, it's like, when I listen to this song, I just feel like I am that random internet gif from the show Arthur, where one of Arthur's friends puts on a headset and he's literally like transported into some different earthy space. That's me when I'm listening to this song. It's just very dreamlike. Um, the lyrics are about like going through, I guess, a heartbreak moment. Can't relate, but <laughs> I still, I love her vocals always. And of course, aha, uh-huh, somebody who's repped many times about my pride as a Malaysian, despite Malaysia being in shambles half of the time. Yunam is just, I love her so much. Her and Michelle Yeoh are like up there with me of just like Malaysian people like Malaysian people in media that I just really idolize and I hope one day meeting them being up to their level I don't know that's a very big dream of mine but the last song I picked is Beautiful which is by the Korean male group EXO this is an old track comes from 2015 it was part of their Exodus second album now the reason why I picked this song this album was the first ever album ever that I bought with my own money because <laughs> I was such a diehard like stan of them at that time. I was really going through it. I was a teenager. So give me a break, guys. They were like my actual four town moment. So I was obsessed with this. And this song, I don't know. I've always just listened to this song so many times when I'm like flying. I find that it's just like a really calming song. The lyrics are just talking about like, ah, you the listener, you're so beautiful or whatever. But the actual vocals and the instrumental is just very, I don't know. It's just so, it's just something I love listening to while I'm in the plane. It's very like cloudy, atmospheric, and I just really... I really like it. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess these are my three songs. No Red Velvet Detected. I know this is a shocker, but two artists that are from the same company as Red Velvet. So that's my toss up. That's the toss up I did. But I hope you guys enjoyed these three songs as much as I do. And right now we're going to be playing my first song, which is called I'm So Curious by Jonghyun. 
Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. It's Leisha here and we just played three songs which were all actually picked by me in terms of my beauty segment that we did earlier in the show. So firstly, I picked the song I'm So Curious which comes from the Korean male artist Jonghyun from Shiny. And then secondly, I picked the song titled 24 Hours which comes from the Malaysian female artist Yuna. And then lastly, I picked the song titled Beautiful which comes from the Korean male group EXO. So uh, let me know what y'all think about those three picks throughout social medias, of course, Asian Pop Nation, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But besides the self-promoting moment, we are about to do some more self-promoting as right now a whole bunch of us are going to be talking about some of our favorite segments or just favorite things in general that we have talked about across the year of APN 2022. I, I think Asian Pop Nation is uh, one of the flagship shows on a uh, on Sin that is very hardcore on representation and like Asian <laughs> oh, representation. God. And I feel like... no. <laughs> Can I say that? And I feel like that's... A that's best represented in the segment where we talked about Michelle Yeoh and how she stole the show in Minions Rise of Gru, um, which I think was the only thing she was in this year, wasn't it? <laughs> Editor cut that out. I can't read sarcasm. Um, no, yeah, the Minion segment. Uh, a fun segment. I edited that one. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun editing that. Um, and you guys had some amazing um, inside jokes and that that carried on throughout the whole show. And just... Mainly by you, by the way. Oh, yeah, true. I Sorry. I need to expose that right away. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of like Asian representation, I think one of the most Asian moments on our show was when we played a random flash game during Halloween called the Freehand, which may or may not have been made by an Asian person. We have no idea, but we had, I think, something like six or seven Asian people playing it. Okay, it is an Asian thing. Um, yeah, the Halloween episode was actually really fun this year. I remember really enjoying putting together, putting together the playlist of a lot of second gen, third gen, sort of dramatic um, men clutching their faces K-pop. Um, and also I really enjoyed the segment we did after that um, Choose Your Own Adventure game where we talked about like how Asian ghosts are super cursed and super eldritch and um, our parents instill fear about them into us when, as, when we were young. So I think that was really fun. The Halloween episode this year mm -hmm. definitely stands out as a fun moment. One of the highlights, I think, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Senya, you got any that you want to share? I'm with the struggling class? to think of some. What? <laughs> it might be not they're memorable not, for they're you. They're not really <gasps> segments. They're just like running jokes. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minions, Squid Game, Fortnite. Oh. Yeah, all courtesy think, of Ethan and JP, by the way. how we mentioned Fortnite for the first time. Was it with the Naruto? I think, yeah, there was a Naruto yeah, And then we started having, Fortnite. like, all of these ideas of how to incorporate other Asian media into Fortnite and man. And then it just never stopped <laughs> till now. This is a lot when we're still mentioning it. But I also like the... The, the discussions where we get kind of too personal <laughs> it becomes like Asian pop nation um, therapy, like, session. therapy session <laughs> yeah yeah. About, many like, school course. trauma about the history of our names oh. and about oh. like yeah. the food we'd bring to, well, to what school what would happen if we stayed in the motherland yeah we <laughs> in Adelaide <laughs> it totally brings up Adelaide it's like ah oh, this is like sadness unloading moment oh my gosh also the the whole like Malaysia Singapore thing I think was new this year <laughs> that was actually really interesting when we did that I think we talked about Henry Golding at one point and you yes. went Oh, Henry Golding and Simu Liu, yes, oh my god. That was super interesting because it really opened up to me as a Chinese person the uh, the dynamics that we have between like SEA people and like Chinese, Korean, Japanese, East, and just East Asian people. Yeah. yeah, anyway, continuing on, I really enjoyed the segment we did recently this um, season on, on <laughs> a fan cam of on and off Jayus going viral of um, him and a bunch of other military men shaking ass to Hype Boy. I think yep. that was such a great segment because it was about such a joyful um, <laughs> video and <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, recording that segment. That whole um, episode in general was kind of a blast because it was like a K-pop takeover segment. We also spent a long time complaining about Mnet. <laughs> Which is funny we because we yeah. will now in the next segment talk about 
our own APN Music Awards, which are way better. But yeah, Bill Schumann shaking off the hype boy, definitely one of my highlights of 2022. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just wanted to do like a quick shout out because I know Xenia Hunting High and Low oh, for no. segments. I just want to shout out in our Valentine's Day episode, her and JP doing their own little like duo of shoujo manga recommendations. <laughs> because you guys gave really good recommendations, but Xenia made like her own intro leading up to the segment. I need to hear this again. I've shut this out of my mind. <laughs> Maybe I'll try and find it. It's like very sensual. <laughs> and often we talk about very like wholesome shoujo romance stuff. And then you just come back to the and be like, welcome to <laughs> JP and Senya's romance. Gonna add like sensual music in the back. I mean, we've covered a lot of questionable content, such including the um, movie Love and Leashes back in season one. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> What's this? Love and Leashes. It's a movie about BDSM. The BDSM movie I with Joshua Reed. I was already so yeah. Oh. Oh, we actually watched that. We actually watched I think we, while we were talking about anime, we should talk about the events that we actually showed up to um, as APN mm. for because we are a press and press get tickets <laughs> sometimes <laughs> to <laughs> events. Um, yeah, we went to the Crunchyroll Festival. That was a whole episode, I think. Not a yes. whole episode, but yeah, that oh was quite an event that mm. some of us got to. And Yeah, that was not a good Saturday. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday weekend of like... The Saturday one was particularly Saturday was an interesting drama. one. Yeah, <laughs> but that was a lot of content that we got to talk about. I guess. That was true. There was a lot of things that we could talk about. Yeah. Where 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 yeah. else did we get to? Leisha, you also took a oh. weekend to Sydney for the Hell You Pop Fest. How was that? I I did. It was um it was insane because I uh, all of us know off air that it was like I essentially just packed my bags and like left the house asap. But the overall like trip about it was insane. I still cannot believe to this day I saw like Kai from EXO in the flesh. We mentioned this in the past segment. EXO were like my ride of die to see one of the members and Chen afterwards. I I I I evaporated. But yeah, that was that. But anything else the rest of you guys want to mention before I guess we close off this little moment here of reminiscing on the good times. Hmm. Aaron, you had something? No, I was trying to remember if a couple of people came out this year, but I realized it came out last no, year. Yeah. yeah, I know. I want. Yeah, I know. I just realized. Oh, what that. about all the anime musicals that we talked? Oh about? Oh my god! Yes, I actually. Or the had... K-pop musical that <laughs> we talked about more than it was probably on air, like oh, yeah, playing on Broadway four. Oh no, it's very sad. But yeah, we did talk about even. The, I think in the second uh, episode of the year, we talked about mm. the Definite Musical, and I actually watched the Korean version of the Definite Musical um, for to do research for that segment, which was very fun. Um, just the whole concept of anime musicals in general was a mind blowing thing that we have talked about actually quite a lot this year what with I think also was it um what's that depressing manga that got a play adaption uh the one where the, it's like get in the robot oh my god there is so much to talk that is about. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think JP would also mention the the trilogy not, not even trilogy we've done so many of these of like weird Japanese news like the oh, no. Japanese oh, no. dog man oh, yeah. or like the, the, oh, no. the pajama clothes without underwear yeah or, yeah um, what else have we done? The man who just had a million batteries that he yeah, was throwing into the that one, oh, the that toilet too. temple as well. We talked really about like, the Hasani Miku guy too. <laughs> that was actually really good. We also then straight after talked about Aaron Chen um, engaging to his like, girlfriend with a, an engagement ring inside oh, yeah. a box of chicken nuggets. Oh, so it was a really oh, good two-parter. Like, love. <laughs> How love. love. Love is real, guys. <laughs> yeah. but, oh my god. But yeah, obviously, of course, little minor shout out to all the interviews we've done. All of them are like absolutely 11 out of 10 my favorite things that we've also done in the year. But listeners, we also want to know what are some of your favorite segments or things that you've heard us talk about throughout the course of the year. Feel free to let us know through our social medias on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. We love to hear all your thoughts. But right now, we're going to move to our next song. Very appropriate since we spent all this time talking about things 
things that we've talked about, we're going to be playing the song titled Chatter Chatter, which comes from the Korean artist Modo. Hello, this is Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7 FM. You just heard three songs. The first of these is Chatter Chatter by Korean artist Modo, followed by a new song by the Korean artist Isol. This song is called My Bad from the EP Komi. And after that, we played a very nice drum and bass track from the producer Tofu Beats featuring the Japanese singer Kaho Nakamura. Right now, we're going to be talking through, we're going to be reflecting actually on some songs that we thought were really cool that came out this year. Basically, the way I've structured this is that we have three categories this year. The first of these is best music video. And this was judged by a panel made up of Leisha, Celeste, and no one else. And then after this, we had best choreography. And this was judged by a panel of Xenia and no one else. <laughs> and after this, uh, we have a soundtrack, uh, best soundtrack song category. And this was judged by Ethan, Jesse, and Alishba. Um, right now, I guess we'll just be talking through what songs uh, merge victorious from this judging process. Um, each of these categories had six nominees that were put together by the team. And I guess I think the best place to start would be best music video. The only person who is here to talk about it is Leisha. Hi. Hi, Leisha. <laughs> now, the funny thing about best music video is that actually you and Celeste voted for the same video as best video okay so wow. you two both actually <laughs> voted for sung jugger's song black coffee celeste comments are uh i'm a sucker for trippy animation as it involves a lot of work and creativity to make do you agree leisha i do agree i think <laughs> when i was writing my comments over to you i also said like the animation of that music video is really what like struck me first and the fact that with that music video it's three different animators that were in charge of that music video they kind of did like a three-part type of situation so i just wrote that it was like really cool to see three different animators interpret the lyrics of these songs and then do three completely different like visual presentation of like what these lyrics mean to them in a very like cool unique way the animators for part one did leave me a bit uneasy that's like what i will say it freaked me out a little bit but i guess you know art supposed to evoke all those feelings but yeah i really like that i that's why i definitely picked that one as my first number one it's the best music video 2022 <laughs> yep so the winning category for best music video is sunu jaga with black coffee also for completeness i should probably have said the nominations before i asked for your adjudicated comments so the other nominations were farming tiger featuring rm with sexy nukim ginger root with over the hill g idol with nude kickback by Kenshi Yonezu and Kyari Pomi Pomi with Ishin Dote. Now, moving on to our next category, which is Best Choreography. This was judged entirely by Xenia. She is the lone arbitrator of this category. Um, I picked Xenia to be the adjudicator for this category because she is not a K-pop person, and so I thought it would be funny <laughs> for her to judge. Is that an insult or is that like a, an honor and a privilege? But thank I you. Think an, I think it's because you're more neutral. You know, you're unsullied by um, K-pop fandom. You don't have all these preconceptions about what makes a good choreography. So I wanted to see, you know, to an outsider who isn't inundated with choreographies all day long. I would long. be curious cool. to know what typically makes a good K-pop choreography. Oh, because we could I'd... go into that. That's a whole segment <laughs> of its own. <laughs> because I'd be interested to know what people thought about my top 
two. Yes, uh, maybe we should go through the nominations first. Go for it, before I forget. The first is ATs with Gorilla. The second is Billy's Ginga Minga Yo, The Strange World. This actually went viral earlier this year because of the facial expressions in it. Um, third, Kwon Unbi with Glitch. Very cool, artsy sort of choreography. Um, then we had Les Seraphim with Anti-Fragile. Very unique choreography, I thought. <laughs> After that, Mix with Tank. Very cool, interesting group formations. After that, we had Ten with Birthday. Ten obviously being probably one of the best dancers in the K-pop industry at the moment. And now, Zenia, on to your judge comments. So I'll go with my second favourite, um, which was Gorilla by 80s. Damn, second. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I did like the high energy. There was also this really cool, like, gun triangle shuffle thing that they do towards the end. I don't know how else to describe it, where they're all, like, putting their fingers to their chin, like, like the think emoji, and they're, like, kind of shuffling. I thought that was really sick. Uh, I just like that. Um but my number one was Ten's birthday. I'm not sure if that was much of a surprise. I didn't know he was one of the best dancers in the K-pop industry. I can probably now tell why. He does like this twisting thing at the beginning that blew my mind. It was like, I don't know, gravity couldn't hold him down, but neither could his bones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was just kind of like twisting and moving his arms in ways that I don't think any human could, but he does. And he moves so fast. It's, I don't know. It was, just, yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. He's cracked. Yeah, and I, there was these moments where he got like really up close and personal with the dancers. And it kind of, <laughs> kind of made me blush. Like, ooh, I don't think I should be looking at this. But it, I think it added to the song. You know, it's like a love song, right? You know, I want it to be. It's a very sensual song. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I, I thought the choreography matched up pretty well. I, I did want to make a, an honorable mention to Anti Fragile though, because now that song's stuck in my head forever. <laughs> yes. And they do this like weird cat paw thing at the chorus when they say fragile, yeah. fragile. And I wasn't really sure if that was what I was going with. It's like that cat girl image. Yeah, but Tracy, I, I messaged yeah. you about that. It's like, why, why cats? <laughs> Are I they fragile? Was, I think there was just like lol anime cat girl. And also because it's kind of related to that. The, the, the main point dance is this muscle, sort of flexing muscle pose. And it's like if you just turn your wrist over, it becomes a cat paw. So I think that's like a fun... <laughs> dance pun i don't know um yeah but yeah thanks Sonia, for your um excellent comments um unbiased comments <laughs> <laughs> best soundtrack song is our final category i guess judged by the members of apn this was judged by ethan jesse and alishba and our nominees were da ice with nobody like you this is from turning red the japanese group which covered Nobody like you. Um, next, we have Kickback by Kenshi Yonezu from Chainsaw Man. Um, after that, King Nu with Ichizu uh, from Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. After that, uh, Mix Nuts by Official Higedandism by Spy X Family. Um, after that, This Is a Life by Son Lux with Mitsuki and David Byrne from Everything Everywhere <laughs> at Once because we're very predictable um and then finally we wanted to give a shout out to 2521's soundtrack with Wanstein's your existence um just to get a k drama in there um yeah so i think we ended up with kickback by kenshi yonezu winning which would make jp very happy it is a very good song it's a very crazy song with a very good music video um, and then behind that was mixed nuts which i think all of you sort of liked um it was like second or third on your list um, I didn't know which one to choose between like kickback and mixed nuts because 
I mean, I just like the how upbeat kickback is, and it just makes me want to just dance around my house. But mixed nuts felt more more relaxed compared to like kickback, and it just felt a bit happy to me. I don't know why, but I don't know. I just choose kickback as my first because it just felt more good. Honestly, all the songs were hard for me because they all sounded so good. But like for kickback, especially as the Chainsaw Man theme, even though I haven't watched the anime itself, it's been playing all over TikTok and it's been stuck in my head for ages. And then for the mixed nuts one, yeah, I th- I think I really liked how the beat changes like constantly. Like sometimes it's upbeat, sometimes it's slow. It just makes it for a very interesting song. Yeah, and I really liked mixed nuts. We put it on the playlist when it came out because it just sounds so weird. It definitely is a mixed nuts. <laughs> it's just really a mixed bag in terms of no that's not that that's negative as well it, it has a lot of different production elements in it. it it's very busy i guess as a track which makes it like, kind of interesting like very jazzy very accessible at the same time um yeah so i guess that's it in terms of our apn awards that were adjudicated by the judge panel Woo-hoo, the all-knowing yeah. judge panel that is a bunch of <laughs> 16 and 24 year olds um here at apn <laughs> obviously the most knowledgeable people in the universe um we also i wanted to shout out some of the best music of the year but i think that is best suited to text form and playlist form so be on the lookout for some spotify playlists and also posts on the apn web not the apn website the sin website um in terms of the best eps and best albums of the year Hey, this is Asian Pop Nation. You heard Sang Woo Jung featuring Woo Won Jae, their song Black Coffee, Birthday by Ten, and that last song was Ken Shi Onez's Kickback because, you know, it's almost the end of the year. It's, we've had a few kickbacks, you know, um, but we are here together to reminisce and talk a little bit about our favorite moments as a team here at Asian Pop Nation in 2022 and what we hope for 2023, not just for our show as much as we love it. You better say you love it. Um, <laughs> but also what we hope our goals are for ourselves. Does anyone want to start New Year's resolutions? For me, as like related to APN, I just want to make more memories and try to be more good at presenting and just overall... Just, you're fine. <laughs> no, I want to get better. I just want to learn new things, have more experience, get involved more in sin. And I just hope next year I do good at school and just just get Is over busy. busy. Oh, <laughs> the test run. Free yeah. for you. Luck. Thank you. And anybody else? Uh, I would say one of your res- new resolutions is actually very similar to mine that I do actually want to get more involved with like sin stuff because since I've been EP this year, yeah, I've been mainly focusing on just predominantly being the EP of the show. But since next year I am stepping down as EP and just being a host, I feel like I have more time to just do some, I don't know, additional fun stuff here and there. So maybe wash the space. I, I don't know. I also just want to graduate. I really want to graduate so badly. I Well, my degree is like shedding tears next to me every time being like, one more year, Alicia, we're not even done yet. So hoping for that. And yeah, it's pretty, I feel like those new resolutions are like kind of boring, but I feel like, I don't know, I'm not big on resolution people. I just hope that our show gets like better and better, as people would say, and more, I feel like I really want us to have more like, I don't know, press opportunities. That would be really cool. A lot more, hopefully a lot more events will pop up next year, which means a lot more chances for us to do like 
really cool event coverage, more interviews. I feel like this year we've, I think we've had less interviews this year compared to last year, but the artists that we do have, I really enjoyed like every single one of them. So hopefully next year, more to come. So yeah, but I don't know. Ethan, what do you think? What yeah, you think? I definitely think we should do more interviews because I think it's really interesting to hear from Asian artists and have their professional opinion we should definitely do a lot more like like outside of music as well so like film tv yeah just, just like to see how apn will grow in 2023 if we'll get um you know where we'll go from here what kind of people we'll get to interview what segments what inside jokes um you know like what um <laughs> please do not carry any <laughs> no it's fine jp's not gonna be here next year oh my god he? so yes, i can't do that true. by myself Wait, he's leaving he's going to japan to become a manga artist oh yeah i forgot he won the award yeah like jp is an actual artist who like does actual art it's crazy <laughs> and he never mentions it he's very shy when it comes to it but add monotone ink monotone ink does he want to be doxxed <laughs> oh, well too bad he is also at oz comic con at this time of this recording <laughs> yeah. so that's why you can't make it yeah i've got to have his business card still <laughs> oh my god oh. i've got to have that still <laughs> But yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, JP. In terms I, of I, hopes for the next year, I I think I re- I really want JP to still be involved in some mm. way. I still will want him to send like postcards, like, "Hello, this is JP live from Tokyo today. I went to a Tokyo convenience <laughs> store <laughs> and they drew some more art. Like even if it's just like those little little snippets of it, like I think that'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he yeah. did mention it off air to us that that's something he plans to do, like kind of on and off. So that'll be really exciting to see. Also excited, we potentially maybe get more new faces it'll be really cool to see how APM will shift throughout the whole year I feel like this is like the biggest team we've had in quite a while I mean Aaron can you vouch how big has the team been in several the years you've been here how many have we got so far that's a real question like 8 or 9 they're 10 this year Mm, you're equal to 2018 that's all I'm gonna no hang on 2019 we split up to two teams for that one oh wow yeah we had like remember correctly 2019 we had 14, I think. Oh, wow. And were they all presenting? Yeah, but we had to swap turns. Like, we had one week, like, say, one half group would take that, and the ah, next half would take the other okay. group. That's a good system, I think. That is. Yeah, Time to adopt it next year. No, yeah, yeah they, didn't, they didn't last long in the final term, anyway. Oh. <laughs> they well, didn't last long. They came from 14, then eventually turned to 8, and then went to 3. And that's mm. where we started in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 2018, second. That's it. Uh, you guys are just close to coming to that second place. What? We'll take it. <laughs> We're kind of latching onto that. It would be cool to go back in studio. I wouldn't say live. I feel like eight to ten is a bit difficult, especially Elishba, considering you have school. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I think it'd be cool to do something like what we're doing right now is pre-record on a day we're all free. Hopefully. Fingers, Fingers crossed. Cross. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Um, as for personal go- goals, same. I'd like to graduate. Um, I'd also like to save money because I'm planning to go to Japan and do like a short little tour around the South- Southeast Asia after I graduate. So that's that's, that's going to be fun. Yeah, um, I'll see you in Malaysia. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not going to Malaysia. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> another time. I've been to Malaysia before, but we were only there for three days. I'll come back another time. All those years <laughs> of like me rapping about Malaysia. Yeah, better than another country next door. <laughs> I'm going to Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and Thailand. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. I was was so scared. I wasn't going to Singapore. Okay. No, it's okay. Equal, like, ignoring. (laughs) (laughs) That I can appreciate. But yeah. yeah. Other than that, thanks, y'all, for sharing some of your uh, New Year's resolutions, quote unquote. 
And of course, if you have some of your own New Year resolutions that you want to share with us on Asian Pop Nation, feel free to share them through our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation once again. And thanks, y'all, for joining me here. Oh my god! Oh my god I just want to get sentimental. Y'all been a great team. Love y'all. Anyway, and you've been great listeners. Yeah, yeah. you guys too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So 2023. See ya. Tweet. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> Greetings to everyone who is listening to us right now here on Asian Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's Lisa here, the executive producer of APN 2022. And I am here to fill you in on all of these songs that you heard just now. We firstly played the song titled Unrefined Sugar, which comes from the Korean female artist on before moving along by playing the song titled Sweet Sour Legacy. And this comes from another Korean female artist. This time her name is Milena. And this comes from her EP titled Sweet. And lastly, we then played the song titled Bittersweet Goodbye, which comes from the US artist Joyce Rice. And this comes from her EP titled Motive. And not gonna lie, the title of her song definitely fits for what we're about to talk about right now as we have reached the end of this episode of Asia Pop Nation, aka the final episode of 2022. I, I cannot believe we have reached year Oh my gosh, this final episode has been really jam-packed since it was our first time actually being back in the Sin studio. So it was like so much fun. Also very hectic, but again, mostly super fun to see everybody's faces in real life and like talking directly in a studio. It was insane. And of course, we had so many fun topics, such as our final interview of the year with the one and only MXM Tune. I cannot believe we had the opportunity to talk to her. It was insanity and we also had a lot of reminiscing and recaps looking back in our time in the sin awards and also thinking back of some of our favorite things that we've talked about overall this year and we also talked about some of our favorite shows and films and did an unofficial like apm music awards type of thing we also had my birthday but let's just ignore that part right there and of course ending it off with just a little bit of a Thinking back in the future, what will APM be like in 2023? And past this point, the team members actually don't know that I will be saying this, but I just wanted to give a shout out to every single one of our Asia Pop Nation team members. Since this is going to be my last time, you're going to be hearing me as the EP of Asia Pop Nation. Next year, it's going to be a new EP. You'll obviously hear my voice around the APM space, but as my final official, I guess, Thing to say as an EP, I want to do a shout out to every single Asian Pop Nation team member. These guys have been my rock for the entire year. I honestly don't know where I would be without this team. And they're just 11 out of 10, the best people I've ever worked with. I mean, I just love these guys, man. So let's just do a quick shout out to everybody from the Asian Pop Nation team. We have one of our presenters, Aaron. He has been very busy throughout this year, but I just appreciate every single time he's able to show up for our little old show here in Asian Pop Nation. We also have Alishba, a presenter as well, who only just joined in season four, but she already has such a bright future coming after her. We have Celeste, who is our veteran here on Asian Pop Nation. She did quote unquote Sindai since she was, she turned 26. Oh my gosh, shocking. But she is still very near and dear to our hearts. We also have Ethan, who is one of our presenters slash editors. 
does an amazing job editing through all the chaos that we tend to talk about and that you guys never get to hear. We also have JP, who is one of our presenters. He is just loads of fun to have around on our show. Big comic relief guy. He and Ethan are just a duo that sometimes I'm very scared of hearing because their humor is just on another level. Let's just say that. We also have Jenna who was one of our presenters who joined for a very short while, but she's still very meaningful here in our Asia Pop Nation team. We have Jessie, who is our most recent APN team member. She only joined for about three of our shows here in Asia Pop Nation, but again, very special in our APN team. Cannot wait to see what she gets up to next year. We also have Leah, who is our social media handler. She also helps edit once in a while. And she is also a presenter and a very dear friend of mine. We also have Tracy, who is the legend when it comes to handling our music every single week here in Asian Pop Nation. Her music taste is the best of the best here on Asian Pop Nation. She also helps edit. And lastly, Xenia. She is our presenter for this year. She was also the EP for last year. And somebody I do see as a little bit of a mentor since, once again, EP from last year and me coming in as EP this year. And just overall, this whole team, I'm really grateful that I can call all of them my friends here. And uh, I just freaking love these guys. And you, dear listeners, I freaking love you guys. I'm sure this is something all of our team members can echo that we love. No matter if you tune in every single week, if you only tune in every once in a while, or this is your first show that you're ever tuning in of Asia Pop Nation, we freaking love you guys. And just thank you so much for always being down to hear all of our very chaotic topics our serious topics our fun topics like anything that we talk about you guys always just show us so much love for it and cannot appreciate you guys enough and i guess now that we're here at the end it is time to introduce you to our final song of the night as right now we're going to be playing the song titled anything you want which comes from the indonesian band reality club and I guess, remember, you can always tune into Asia Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards next year, February 2023. But if you want to listen back to some of our old episodes, listen to our MX Untuned interview once again, because we have a very lengthy version on our podcast, you can definitely find us at Asian Pop Nation Podcast, which is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Omni, the Sin website, anywhere. That podcast is freaking everywhere. And of course, for bonus content, you can always follow us at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I guess as a final send-off, as the APN EP of 2022, good night, everybody, and take care. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And this is Leisha signing off as the executive producer of APN 2022.